Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukwa, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to another core parenting conversation with me, Kaylee. And today we are going to continue our connection theme for the month of February. And I wanted to tackle in the same conversation a common trigger behavior for many parents that can be a big cry for connection. Any guesses? It's a pretty common one. And that is whining. So before I go any further, I just want to remind you, I really get into the basics of connection and really kind of explain it, what it is, what it's not. I dispel some connection myths and I give you like three really tangible tips for connection in episode 19, building connection with your children. So I just consider that a really solid foundation for what we're talking about this month, if you want to go back and dive into that. And the reason why I preface this conversation with that recommendation is the response I get from many parents when they quote unquote, try connection to decrease whining or other low simmering behaviors is I do all the cup filling things and it never seems to be enough. I hear this so often, I actually coined a term, and this is not a scientific term, this is just like a Kaylee, is based on the phrase, a full bucket. So bucket fillers, right? And I call these moments or these situations, these patterns, the leaky bucket syndrome, because it just feels like no matter what you do to put in the bucket, it's never enough. But here's the thing. Connection isn't something we can just check off of our list at some point during the day. It's not some like a routine, something we do and then check. It's different than brushing our teeth. Connection is strengthened or weakened by the way we interact, the way we do life. In fact, doctors Julie and John Gottman talk about these connection bids between partners, romantic partners, as do you turn away or do you turn towards your partner when they're putting off these connection bids? And these are the small little moments that build the connection, build the relationship, strengthen it, and build that trust between two people. And I really believe we can extrapolate the data they've gathered on that and the information and the same kind of patterns of behavior they use between partners and really apply that to our children. Our children give us connection bids all day long. And look, the goal is never going to be 100%. That can't be realistic. Please don't set that goal for yourself. But if we're just aware of it and we get at least 50% of those, that's enough. 
And so connection isn't a 15 minute strategy that you check off the box. I do, you know, we do special time together. I take them out and give them one-on-one time. All those things are wonderful and beautiful and fabulous for your relationship, but they're not the ongoing daily connection patterns we build that will strengthen our relationship on a daily basis. So how present are we is more the question that I like to ask. How do we respond to our children's connection bids? Do we respond? Can we recognize what they look like? How do we embed little moments of presence, playfulness, connection, communication into our daily routines? In fact, do we take our children's connection bid and do we lean into that? And maybe we we have fun with it before moving on. And before we dive into some of these, the answers to these questions, I just wanted to share that I am a fun sucker, taskmaster in recovery. And I actually remember the aha moment I had about this. My two boys, one was six months old and one had just turned three. And so life was crazy and overwhelming and intense and I was needed all the time. So I was overwhelmed and burned out and I was in the throes of postpartum anxiety. And I was returning home from somewhere and it was one of those times where like I actually got out of the house without the kids in the car. And I was listening to Dr. Lawrence Cohen's book, The Playful Parent, which if you want more on this... That is such a great read. I highly recommend his book. I listened to it on audio and I bought the hard copy to use it as a reference book. So I pulled into the driveway and I was listening to this and it was one of those times I stayed in my car to like finish this chapter and I just broke down crying because in that moment I realized I was just moving my kids through the day. I was just doing the routine, trying to survive and getting it done. And I wasn't enjoying it. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for me. It sure as heck wasn't fun for my three-year-olds. And we were just totally out of sync and disconnected. I knew all this information. I knew this wasn't the mom I wanted to be. And so it was in that moment, I thought, I cannot add anything extra to my to-do list. It's not fair. I can't handle it. So how do I make what I'm already doing more fun? How do I embed these moments into our days together? And that is really how I developed these kind of strategies that I'm going to share with you today. When children sense this lack of connection... When they sense we're just trying to get things done, move them through the day, or we're just distracted because, you know, sometimes life can be distracting and that's okay. So I don't want you to think that like, if we're distracted by something that's urgent, that isn't motherhood, right? There, we have other things like a house, job, partner, dog, like pets, maybe, you know, we get groceries, we get distracted by other really important things. But when our children sense this lack of connection, just be aware that they're going to send up white flags to signal connection bids. Unfortunately, for most of us, these bids are typically what I call those low simmering behaviors that can be especially long, drawn out, and triggering to us, like whining. So what do we do? We can use intentional connection strategies such as validation. I hear you. You want turning towards them, leaning in, trying to understand them. 
And all those things are great. And I do those on a daily basis. But today I really want to focus on play and creating playful moments of connection. Because what this can also do, in addition to building up really strong moments of connection, is also relieve some built up stress in both ourselves and our children because we get this big outlet of laughter in addition to having these strong moments where we're just in sync and truly present with one another. I call these playful tension breakers. So they break the tension. They're very intentional about trying to relieve some of that stress and build that bond. And in order to successfully use playful tension breakers, we've got to attune to our child. Is this something they're in the mood for? Or is this going to further irritate them and maybe escalate the situation? And if you're not sure, or this is a totally new idea, I just test the water. Sometimes I don't know, right? Our kids are unpredictable. They have unpredictable moods just like we do sometimes. So I have little like warm-up strategies that I'll use that are really simple. And it can be as subtle as a silly intonation in my response, a silly voice. And then I'll pause. I'll give you an example. Don't worry. But I'll pause and I kind of wait. I call it like eagerly waiting or waiting expectantly to see what their response is. And then I respond accordingly to that. So it's this ping pong. It's this back and forth. I give them a little silliness and I see how they respond to it before I either amp it up or keep it going or maybe I back it down. Depends. If you've tried the Instagram parenting tips and tricks to gain connection and cooperation with your child and it's still not working, or maybe you just want to grow your parenting toolbox or grow your own personal skill set, if you feel confused about how to respond to some of your child's bigger behavior, or maybe you need the encouragement and accountability to make the changes you know you and your family need, CORE offers the weekly support and tools to make these powerful shifts within a supportive, uplifting community. We talk about real-life parenting, not the neat and clean two-dimensional examples given on social media. You can learn more about my core membership program by heading to www.kayleekukla.com backslash core. It's a month-to-month membership. You can cancel it at any time, no strings attached, and it's meant to be on-demand parenting support so you can access it when it's needed and when it's convenient for you. The link is in the show notes to learn more. And now back to this core conversation with Kaylee. For example, if your child is whining for a snack, which I know is super rare, right? It's probably very rare. So I'm sorry, it's not very applicable. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, if your house is like mine, this is almost like a daily thing. Okay. So they're whining for a snack. Mom, please, can I have a snack? I'm so hungry. And that can be super irritating, especially when you're like right in the middle of cooking dinner. So I might say something playfully like, what? What? You want a snake? Obviously, I am pretending that I misheard their word and I'm turning it into something that's outrageous, right? And I'm going to pause. So I throw that out, right? That's my silly little like test the water warm up. You want a snake? 
And then I wait to see what they do. Do they smile? Do they seem like it's funny or does that just increase their intensity of the wine? Depending on the age or the child, I may start doing things like making a hissing sound if they like it. Okay. So I'm not going to ignore, let's say they put the red light up. I'm going to stop and try something different. But if they give me the green light, I'm going to start hissing and maybe make my hand into a snake and playfully like bite them with my hand. And then it can turn into a game of laughter. I may do that with the younger child, with my older child. I may talk about like the different types of snakes and, oh, which one do you want? I don't think, you know, I don't think we should get a rattlesnake. That might be a little hard to feed because of those venomous fangs and all that stuff because he knows a lot. I don't even know if they're called fangs. He knows a lot more about rattlesnakes than I do. So again, I'm going to temper this to their different ages and what they may find funny. And then we can start laughing together. And this might be a few back and forths, maybe like four back and forth. And then I'll, I'll go, oh, you want a snack, not a snake. What was I thinking? And from there, I've just created a moment of strong connection. I've just broken the tension with the laughter a little bit. So I've shifted the energy. And then I can address yes or no. Is it time for a snack? Is it not time for a snack? Now, just because we played the game and we got a little silly and we built up that connection, remember, connection isn't necessarily a strategy to get rid of behavior. It's a way to enhance and strengthen the relationship. And when the relationship feels strong, it's easier to go through uncomfortable things together. So they may still be upset. They may still push back. They may even continue to whine a little bit, but the game helped create moments of laughter between you and your child, which help you regulate and then regulate, gets off, offloads a little bit of stress, which means it could decrease the intensity of the response from them and help you stay more regulated, even in the midst of some annoying behavior. I find that playful tones, silly words, or anytime I can pretend to be a confused adult, (laughs) it creates these fun little moments with my now slightly older children. So they're ages five and eight. In the world of early childhood, those are considered older ages. When some of the more traditional early childhood play can start feeling annoying or condescending. So luckily for me, I don't have to try very hard to be a confused adult. It comes pretty naturally (laughs) to me throughout my day. And my eight-year-old relishes in being the one to remind me of things. This could be as simple. This is actually something I've done before. I think it was with pancakes and syrup. But my example is this could be as simple as getting out the ketchup when I'm fixing ice cream and ask him, oh, you wanted ketchup on your ice cream, right? Now, listen, my kid has dipped apple slices in ketchup before. So if he says yes, I'm really going to be, I'm genuinely going to be confused. (laughs) But let's just pretend that no, he asked not ketchup, something different on his ice cream. Usually something like this will get his attention and he'll look up from what he's doing and I'm waiting for the glance. So I'm waiting expectantly for his response. And when we make that eye contact, I'll smile. It's like that sparkle eye, big smile. And then he'll break out in a smile and we'll both start laughing because it's, I don't know, I think ketchup on ice cream is ridiculous, but 
I'm sure it's for someone like dipping French fries in a milkshake. My husband loves it. It's a point of contention. It's okay. (laughs) The magic of what happens in those moments of eye contact, smiling, and laughter is the magic of connection, the neurochemical magic. Those moments are not meant to fix or completely get rid of tough moments. They're meant to strengthen our relationship so we value one another's perspective in tough moments and are more willing to cooperate. Connection also helps keep us regulated because we feel safe and bonded with the other person. And it helps offload pent up stress that we just accumulate from doing our daily lives. All right, before we close out, I want to give you a couple examples of younger children that I find really fun and easy to embed in our daily routines that can be a helpful response to whining. If they're just following you around whining. (laughs) Holy smokes, y'all. I feel the pain. I get it. Believe me. Or if they just start whining about something that we have to do now or we're doing now, I'll start looking around for them, but I can't see them. I pretend they're invisible. And I literally just call this the invisible game. I don't have a cutesy little name for it. I'll throw in a line like, I can hear you. I hear you, but I can't see you. Oh my gosh, where did you go? Again, attunement to the child's regulation state is so important in this. Sometimes they might play along with you, right? Often this is one of my kids' favorite games. So it's it's really popular in our house. But if they don't like it, if they're not in the mood, you know, back up and just quickly find them and say, oh, there you are. I hear you. If they like it and they're playing along with you, They will start giggling and they might say something like, mom, I'm right here. And after acting confused four or five times, again, attuned to them, feel it out. You can act relieved when you, air quotes, find them. (laughs) And then you can just, oh, there you are and erupt in laughter and pick them up. And now tell me, what were you saying? I I was so worried I couldn't see you. I didn't even, I don't even remember what your question was. And I bet you they'll ask in a different way. Now, if your child gets more frustrated when you do this and you back off or, you know, it's just not the right moment, it's not an indicator that you're doing it wrong or that they'll never like this game. It may simply be an indicator that they're not in the mood or a more direct connection response, like getting down on their eye level and offering them physical touch may be more helpful. Take in your child's response to that first silly moment and adjust. That's what responsive parenting is all about. It's this constant, I've heard it called, you know, a ping pong game or tennis, like the serve return, the tennis game. It's this back and forth and we adjust based on where the ball goes. And I really, for me, that analogy really helps my brain a little bit. So. Another simple way to be silly with young children is through movement. Young children, in case you haven't noticed, (laughs) are wired to move. So if they're following me around and I'm sensing myself getting stressed or tense, so this isn't just about our children, it's also about us breaking that tension, I may just start wiggling my booty or dancing a little bit 
When my boys were younger, I would do this oftentimes during mealtimes when the demands would start coming, you know, and you get up from the table and you're trying to find something. I would feel myself, and I still feel myself getting so annoyed, and I would get up and pause and then shake my booty a little bit as I walked away. I may even pair this with a tune, shake your booty, shake your booty, yeah, yeah, (laughs) just to break the tension and get some laughter and not take myself so dang seriously. Obviously, I can't carry a tune. You just heard it, okay? Obviously, if booty shaking is not your thing, you could turn this into disco dancing. You could pick your own song. You could march in a silly way. There are so many different options, but the goal is is to just help yourself regulate. You could hum a song if you don't want to sing and just not take the moment so seriously. So often, so much of this parenting work can feel heavy so serious, especially when we're committed to breaking cycles and initiating change. But here's your reminder to play. It's not just beneficial for your child, right? I always say play is a child's love language, but it's beneficial for you. You are worthy. I am worthy of some fun and levity and playful moments, enjoyment, laughter. This is one of the many reasons I developed the Get Silly Challenge, which is currently going on. It honestly was a part of my healing journey, as well as a relationship booster for my children. So it's too late to join the current one that we actually started, if you're listening to it, the week of February 12th. It actually started this week. But if you want to automatically be enrolled for the next one and start receiving incredible tools in the meantime, you can join the core community anytime. Just head to kayleekukla.com backslash core or head to the show notes for the link. Connection is something I'm so passionate about and I wanted to continue the beginning of the year with this conversation. We started with regulation and now we're in connection because so much of the heavy lifting is actually done in these little moments that we can just work into our daily routine, their daily practices. And they make the really tricky moments that people come to me about. What do I do when my child X? They make those moments much easier to navigate when we have a solid foundation of regulation and connection. Thanks so much for being here. If you found this episode to be helpful, please consider leaving a review or sharing with a friend. All of those things help spread the word of responsive, connected parenting through which I believe we can change the world. Truly, I believe that. Thank you so much for being here and have a wonderful week.